Hi, it's Vera. Welcome to the PL Pod for May 2021. This week, I'm happy to be joined by Chloe Laduchesse. Chloe is the author of Furies. Her first collection of poetry was published by Memoir Don Creer in 2017, which was nominated for the Trillium Book Award for Poetry. Over the last five years, she has been published in magazines, collaborated in collective books, organized three editions of the bilingual zine fair, Expo Zine Sudbury, and taken part in numerous literary events. Chloe was the fifth Poet Laureate of Greater Sudbury. During her two-year tenure, she hosted the show Poesy Station, Poetry Station on CKLU 96.7 FM Community and Campus Radio. Her second poetry collection, Exoskelet, will be published this May. Hi, Chloe. Welcome. Hi, Vera. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I must tell listeners, I am not bilingual, and I so regret that because I know what's coming. And and at times like this, I want to be able to understand the words I'm hearing because they're so great, I'm sure. And, and you know, that being said, I love listening to you and watching you read because your facial expressions and your body language and anyone who's seen you read knows this. It's almost a translation in itself. So that's it. Oh, it's wonderful to watch you. I like it very much. So welcome. I'm looking forward to this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your new book, Exoskelet, launches on the 26th of May. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on that. That's very exciting. Oh, I'm very excited. What does your launch plan look like, given the situation? Are you Zooming around the world? I will be Zooming from uh, Montreal, kind of. I'm in Sudbury, but my uh, publisher is in Montreal. So we're doing a book launch on the 27th at 7.30 on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it will be a dual book launch because a good friend of mine is also releasing her book today. And we just, we love to chat. We love to talk about poetry, about writing. So I had the idea, how about we do a conversation together about our new work and I can talk about yours and you can talk about mine. So I'm very looking forward for that but it's going to be on Zoom. And mm. then in Sudbury, I was hoping to do a outdoor thing, but I don't know when that's going to be possible. Yeah. Uh, will you do something through the library on Zoom, like in addition to the, the launch you're doing from Montreal? I would like to. I have to talk to Pierre about that. Summer's mm-hmm. coming, so it's a bit harder to get people in front of the computers. That's true. Uh, although uh, I think a lot of people like myself are looking for things to do. And the the Zoom thing has been great for me. I'm going mm-hmm. to England at the end of June. <laughs> that's exciting. Well, yeah, on Zoom. And I'll be yeah. reading there. And that's exciting. Um, so tell me a little bit about Exoskelet and how it differs from your previous work. So Furies, my my first book was, well, a first book. So um, I had this idea of of three characters that we were following uh, and was strongly related to mythology. This new book, Exoskelet, is closer to me. It's uh, some sort of self-portrait. And it's really, that's something they don't do much in French, but it is in sections. Like there's themes per sections. And Sudbury is very present in the first one. It was very important for me to talk about what's going on here and all the little beauty that I see Uh because it's a a, I find trying to find them makes me see them and then I can write about them but it's a twist in the in the 
way I look at things and I have decided to see them and that's what it gives. But I have other sections about uh, uh, ex-lovers. They can all suffer. I don't. Yep. And um, <laughs> well, you know, it's not always happy. I'm in your, good poems. Yep. I'm in your camp. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some poetry about, well, it's about Mike Tyson because I, I love boxing. Hmm. But it's also about who gets to tell the stories and who gets to decide which stories are being told and what is the truth. Because there is a documentary about Mike Tyson, which is basically a big advertisement for him. So that inspired me some poems about about that. Hmm. That's that's funny because I love boxing, too. Um Everyone always wants to know when you're a poet, and I we just heard a little bit about how you created these poems, but like, do you have a process that you go through other than looking for the beauty in things and letting that inspire you? Well, now that I'm working on a novel, I have to have a process because it's a longer piece and it just, it's really hard on my brain to follow like from week to week. So I write every week, every Sunday, And then every now and then I give myself a break when I reach a goal or a step. So I'm my next book of poetry will be way more organized. But this one, these are poems that I've accumulated over four years. And I've been, of course, selecting the ones that work together. But it was not planned as one project. It was just when I would be inspired, I would write. And sometimes I put myself into prompts. Like I remember once I took the there's a bus that goes from uh, downtown and it goes all the way to Capriol and it comes back. It's a loop on Sundays. Now it's not a loop anymore, but it used to be a loop. So I would just sit on the bus for an hour and a half and write, look through the window, look at the people and write. And that's the kind of thing I like to do, to put myself into observation situations and try to see if I can get something out of it. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes I get to see and to think about new things. That's a great idea. I'm a people watcher. So sometimes when I'm looking for something to, you know, get me started, I like to sit where there are a lot of people walking around, which has been very hard <laughs> during mm, this COVID yeah. time. So I had to look for new ways too. That's I've never thought about getting on a bus and just, you know, going. But that's well, a I've really done, good idea. Some of the, po the poems have been written in Rimouski. I took a seminar, like a master's creative writing seminar. Uh, it was For two weeks, we were just writing and talking about writing all the time. It was very awesome. Rimouski is a beautiful city by the, it's the river, but it's the sea. Some people have different opinions. And we did that there. We, the, some of the things we had to do was to put ourselves in situation. And we did try the bus thing. And we went to the beach, of course, and we went to all sorts of places. But I really enjoyed being in movement, but not moving. Because when you walk, it's hard to write, you know? Mm, yeah. And uh, I don't record on my phone when I'm out. I also carry a notebook because I find it the slower activity of writing in a notebook for me, although I am slow on my phone as well. I think writing in a notebook sort of transfers the thought from my brain down my arm and onto the page. It takes a little longer for me to write it out by hand. And mm -hmm. then I think the thought process is slower and it, it develops the idea even more as I'm writing it. And well, there's a Latin um, philosopher that said that the writing itself is to be found in the, the, the slowness, how do you say that, of the hand, that it, mm. it, 
emerges from that very slow speed of the hand. So it's like a way of thinking while doing. I think I agree with that. That philosopher was right. <laughs> Not that I would know. Um, and so we've talked about what sparks your imagination and, and creativity and your novel. What inspired a novel? Well, I've always, you know, I'm a big, I'm a huge reader. I read a lot. I love novels. I love all genres, but um, poetry is easier in a way. It's not easier, easier, but it's short pieces. So mm -hmm. you can do a little bit here, a little bit there, but a novel to really go into the depth of a place. My novel is also very Sudbury. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. And it's harder than I thought it would be. So congrats to all the novel writers out there. But I, yeah, I like the idea of having characters and having conversations, for example, and having them do stuff that I don't approve, but to explore that part of me that is curious about how people act and why they act, something I cannot necessarily do in poetry. I agree with you. That's a really good premise. And I think that we all have curiosity about things we don't do but and don't understand, really. And writing about it has often cleared things up for me when I'm writing about people that I, I can't understand. For example, in situations where someone chooses to stay, even though it's a bad situation, why do they stay? That mm -hmm. fascinates me. And, you know, I think I get it now. It's been years. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, will you read something for us now? Yes. So it was also a challenge for me because this book of poetry, I wanted it to be longer because my first one was short with short poems. So I was like, I'll give more poems and they'll be longer. So, but it's still not very long. Mm. Si je fige le temps ne me remarquera pas. Apnée contenue sur la paume d'une main, je ne respire que lorsque les vents rugissent, plient, déplient le plus petit muscle, celui qui permet au corps d'imploser. And a second one. Où sommes-nous déjà? Le lit gêne des marées successives, le nord gît par terre entre tes pelures et mes bras de mer. Je me suis noyé. Le fond brillait mieux que la surface. Once again, all those people who can't <laughs> see you. <laughs> that was very lovely. You. Um, if you say, so this is a full collection though. Yes. So how many poems are in there? Well, see, that's again, I don't know. In French right now, we don't necessarily give titles to text. And it's like one big suite of poems. So that's like five big suites of poems. And the book has like 128 pages. Hmm. So maybe there's a... I don't know, 110 poems. And then, you know, the first pages, the last pages. Right. Where the publisher put their little things. Hmm. Um, do you write any other form of poetry besides uh, print poetry? Like, for example, do you do spoken word? Um, I have been doing for the past two years now, poetic editorials. So I, it's on Radio-Canada. It's the afternoon show. Every Friday, they have a poet. Uh, deliver a piece that they have written and it has to be inspired by what's going on in the world mm -hmm. so it's longer pieces it's six minutes long as you can you could hear my poems are usually about 20 seconds so it is a form of spoken word because you have to captivate the the 
the listeners and repeat some stuff so that they don't get lost in the way. So I've been working on ways to do that, but still being poetic, like not just telling a story, keeping the poetic part, but making it last longer and, and keep the attention of the listeners. I like spoken word. Spoken word is uh, in some ways longer and much more of an entertainment for me than listening to someone read poetry in the straight sense. And uh, I think both forms are really good. For me, spoken word, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but spoken word <laughs> tends to detract from the poem because you're watching this performance. And, and then I have to remind myself of Roger Nash, who is a performance every time he reads a poem. He likes mm -hmm. to bring his personality into the poem in that way. And so it's really a form of spoken word and performance. And I think that uh, maybe I'm the one who needs to change my thinking. And do you want to mention your, your Radio Canada thing again? What time it's on and... Oh, well, it's every like six or seven weeks because we're seven poets in the bunch. So oh. it's at the Jonction 11-17. So it's the afternoon show in French and it's on Fridays. Usually it's at 5.45. So you can hear lots of very nice poets, but it's not always me. But they're yeah. also good. And I have to say, yes, there's a part of, of spectacle in spoken word, but the same for my editorial. It's a context. You know, if you write, for example, if you write something very sad you won't read it in a humor show so i think there's a way of writing for a specific audience or to to um, have a specific reaction from the crowd and these are all different things there's not one poetry there's all the poetries and there's also right. very boring poet reading and there's some very charismatic poets reading and i don't understand how they do it i wish i had their charisma so maybe one day but uh yeah I'm very I, curious to see how people do it. How do they captivate their people, their, their listeners with words? Well, don't you think the words captivate on their own? Like you're giving a message to someone here and, and when you lean in and give them your message, they're listening to you. And I think you captivate them in that way. Uh, do you mean that you want to emotionally affect people? Because you do. Well, for example, I studied in Spain for a semester and we had that one professor who was uh, on sick leave for most of the semester. But one day she came in finally and she, the class was full of foreign students, barely speaking Spanish. They were always chatty. It was always a very loud class. No one cared. But then she came in and she read us that Luis Cernuda poem, um, Si el hombre pudiera decir. And she started reading and the class went quiet. Like she had that way, that, that presence. And it was from her, the, the poem is beautiful, but if someone else would have read it, it would not have had the same impact. And the mm. same, I have been reading, I have a very funny poem. Well, it's very funny for some people. I've read it in bars and people were like folded and half laughing. And I've read it in other places and people did not care at all. They barely clapped. So I don't know how to do it, how to connect with every crowd or how to make it happen or make it happen a bit more at least. I but know. I don't think every piece is going to respond with every audience. I mean, 
I think the audience changes and and it's the change in the audience that brings the the charisma from you to them like if the if the audience responds to you and then you are drawn into them that's what creates that uh, melding of attention don't you think yes but there's definitely people that are better than others to do that that's so that's true, what i want to learn i hope it's a learned skill and i may i hope i'm not too late to pick it up too <laughs> oh i love hearing you read you're, you're just like I don't know, precise. I don't know how to say it. You know, you're fully there. You're reading. Thank you. I, I think that's part of it. You know, being in that moment where you're talking to specific people in your audience and, and, mm -hmm. and it just makes you feel closer to, to those people. Um, do you want to read another poem or two? Uh, two short ones. Sure. Un matin comme ceux d'avant, le chat se multiplie sur nos pieds. Les voisins grattent la guitare. L'amour coûte ancien. Je décode l'avenir dans les fissures d'une tasse. Seul reste l'anse quand tu t'échappes. La mémoire a parfois une odeur de roussi. C'est chacun pour soi. Faire brûler les chairs, revenir presque par accident à ces murs nus, face auxquels pointent mes sens. J'en appelle au départ précipité. Ai-je été sublime ou esselé? Thank you. Thank you for sharing your poetry with us today. Well, uh, it's my pleasure. It's always, you're one of the very first one to, actually, I think you're the very first one to interview me about this book. So <laughs> it's, it's a great first time. Oh, well, good. Um, Do you want to mention that you would like to be at the library again because Pierre will be listening to this? <laughs> well, Pierre knows where to find me. He already okay. knows my book's coming. Yeah. Well, good. I hope that we can all get a look at everything you're going to do from here on out. And good luck with your novel. Um, thank you, listeners, for stopping by to the PL pod today. You know what I always say? Write something. It feels good.